welcome to episode two of Head Mangle, written and performed by Mike Nelson. Hi. Here I am strolling through a busy city centre park. The sun is shining, birds are warbling in the trees. The cries of children mingle with the jingles of a nearby ice cream van. Perfect, right? Wrong. Little do these morons know they're in the middle of a death zone. Why? This little fellow, the common household wasp. Let's hear what carnage it caused in our entirely fictitious reconstruction. It were a lovely day, so me and wife popped out to local park, as you do. We just finished his lunch. I had cheese and apple, and wife had cheese and apple. Any road, we got all crumbs and whatnot together. We're not litterbugs. And popped them in bin. That's when it happened. He got stung by this blooming great wasp. Aye, right on the end of me cock. At first, I thought now out of it. I mean, you don't, do you? Five seconds later, I get this right weird feeling. Anifanilictic shock. What followed is even too shocking for us to make up. The wasp juice entered Mr. Sourfluff's brain and sent him literally berserk. Seizing a rapier from a passing guardsman, he savagely sliced up a squadron of nuns before disemboweling his wife and cutting off his own head in grisly triumph. Shocking? Yes. But what's even more shocking is that this pretend event could have been avoided with a simple sign. We spoke to Counselor somebody or other, and they said they didn't pull up wasp warnings because they couldn't be bothered. Thankfully, we can be bothered. So, if you've been stung by a wasp, and you think it could have led to a murderous rampage, <laughs> ring Insignifico Media Claims on 666-999-444-318. Remember, where there's a claim, there's a profit. The number again... Six 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 nine 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 four 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 three one eight. Stay safe and enjoy the rest of the show. Neil Poseidon, Lord and Master of the Water Realm, take Princess Ivan, Queen of the Dolphin People, to be your wife. I do. Right. Deal Princess Ivan, Queen of the Dolphin People, take Poseidon. Lord of March of the Water Realm, to be your husband. In that case, I pronounce you God and... <coughs> Fucking hell. Speak to me, my love. What ails thee? No! 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 What's happened? Oh, my love, my lady, my life. Oh, 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 how could they have done this? Taken one so kind and gentle and slippery as you. 
Is she dead? Aye, gentle Champix, poisoned by a ferocious addiction to discarded cigarette butts. She now sleeps in the eternal seaweed beyond the coral. She's still there? I'm talking about her soul. All right, a soul. Still, plenty more fish in the sea. What? You know, plenty more fish in the... It's an expression. My God, if you were not a crab of the cloth, I would tear thee limb from limb and strew this watery wonderland with thy cankered shell. Saz. Princess Zyban was a mammal, not a fish. She looked like a fish to me. No, no, no disrespect. She suckled her young. What do you know of love? You can't even speak properly. What are you on about? That, like a crap ventriloquist. So crabs talk. Really? Yeah. I like you. What? I like your pants. We haven't got time for this. I must spray humankind with my wrath. I, Poseidon, son of Rhea, brother of the mighty Zeus, swallowed and regurgitated by my cannibalistic father Kronos, you are, lord and master of the Walty realm, Gaiakos, Enstithica, Ensicolos, storm and earthquake hear my roar, for I am almighty Poseidon, and I shall have my revenge. Yay! Kill the bastards. I heard you wanted to see me. Well, here I am. Yeah, here you are. You know that your brother's coming back for the thrunal, don't you? I do. What of it? Well, I'm just saying, I don't want any trouble. There's not going to be any trouble, Gran. At least not from me. <laughs> and how are you, Billy? You're a bloody winky dinky. You can't control yourself. Yeah, well, I'm not the one who buggered off to America. Is he bringing that talk with him? No, she's not coming. So, please, Billy, no trouble for your granddad's sake. Billy? Harry? So, back from America, eh? That's right. How's things? All right. I saw your television programme. Billy, leave it. Nah, it's all right, Gran. Let him speak. What do you think of it? Can't say for much of it, to be honest. Really, Billy? And why is that? Do you want me to spell it out for you? Billy? If you want, yeah. One word, Harry. Loyalty. You're a winky dinky, and don't you forget it. I know I'm a bloody winky dinky. What's that got to do with anything? Really? So why do you think it's all right to go on the television and tell the world that you think we're a lot of racists and that? We're winky dinkies. Winky dinkies stick together. It needed to be said. Not like Daddy didn't. Did she put you up to it? Billy, you're my brother and I bloody love you. But you better not say a word about my wife. Why? What are you going to do? You'll find out soon enough. Stop it, the pair of you. Well, I, is that right? Okay, Harry, let's have it. Your wife's a tart. Billy, stop it. What did you say? Well, I think you heard. Take that back, right now. Why am I saying what's true? 
I'm bloody warning you, Billy. Billy, stop it. Apologise. Apologise to him. He's the one who should apologise. He's the one trying to destroy this family. Oh, here we go. You never liked her from the start. You didn't even give her a bloody chance. I told you from the off that she was a tart, but you never bloody listened. I'm warning you. Shut your mouth. The pair of you. Shut your fucking mouths. I'm still a fucking queen of this fucking family. Fucking mag me. Okay, I fucking will. Oh, Billy, what you fucking done? You shut your fucking brother. He was no fucking brother of mine. Little ginger bastard. Oh, William, this is um, most uh, <laughs> disastrous. It would appear that you've um, most fatally wounded one son. One feels most um, crestfallen. Oh, shut it, Charlie. No one's fucking interested. Hi, welcome to Cox News with me, Job Bubbly. And me, Wendy Harlow. <laughs> you can hollow me anytime. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I know. Tonight on Cox News, we bring you breaking news from Englandshire, where apparently crazy Muslim fanatics are controlling ever-increasing aspects of British culture. Wendy. Job. It's possibly emerged that the new BBC controller, David, Osama Mohammed Mohammed bin Laden Taliban, Jones, has maybe issued a dictate that classic Brit TV programs have to be renamed so not to upset the sensibilities of the ever-exploding Muslim majority. The first show to be beheaded in this politically correct jihad are Fatware Towers. I sis, you are here. And only fools and horses reject the principles of fundamentalist Islam. Remember, you probably hit it on... Cox News! Spanking the ass of un-American evil. Good evening and welcome to a special arts edition of It's a Small World at Large with me, Kirsty Fratage. Tonight, it gives me enormous pleasure to welcome onto the show the theatrical legend Sir Reginald Crimp. Sir Reginald, how do you do? Yes, I do. But first, I'd like to say good evening to you, Kirsty, and good evening to all the listeners at home. Good evening. Yes, um, good evening, and, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Sir Reginald, I know that you're keen to discuss your latest production, but I wonder if we could spend a little time discussing your long and eventful life. I read recently that you were a communist during the war. Yes, communist during the war, Nazi after. A, a Nazi? Briefly, it was the uniform, you see. Despicable ideology, fantastic uniform. Possibly there's a lesson there for us all. Um... Possibly. Um, so, tell us about your friendship with Sir Laurence Olivier. Oh, Larry. Laurie. Lobber. You performed with him on numerous occasions? Hundreds, Kirsty. You name it, and we were in it. Macbeth? No, 
Never heard of it. I'll tell you a little-known fact about little-known fact about Larry. Please do. Not a lot of people are aware of this, but he had a ridiculously small feet. I see. Only just. They were like a child's, or, more accurately, a Japanese prostitute's. A geisha? Yes, the feet of a geisha. The other remarkable thing about Larry, he has enormous hands. This coupled with his tiny feet, giving the most remarkable quality, as you could never tell whether he was coming towards you, or backing away. Coming towards you, or backing away. I suspect that's why he won so many awards. Perhaps, or maybe it was due to his magnificent acting? No, no. Hands and feet made him incredibly elusive. Still, he was a wonderful friend. Dead now, of course. That's what happens when you live longer than your friends. They die before you. Of course, Sir Reginald, um, and you've certainly lived a remarkably long time. How would you say you're coping with old age? Tremendously well, Kirsty. There are so many consolations. And they are? The main one is wisdom. As you age, wisdom becomes a more prominent feature in your life. A guardian, and a friend even. The other is drugs. Drugs? Yes, to be honest, the wisdom is a little overrated, but the drugs are wonderful. In fact, it was the drugs that helped me come up with my latest piece. King Lear? Inspired by... All actors, sooner or later, if they have the misfortune of living long enough, have to face up to Lear. Indeed, and how have you coped with playing such a complex role yourself, and, on a basic level, lend all those lines? Well, Kirsty, I do find learning lines difficult. Always have. Used to fluff a lot in my younger days. I was known for it. Reggie the fluffer. <laughs> However, in this case, it isn't, isn't a problem. What would the piece be in a loose adaptation? So loose, in fact, I don't say anything. Really, but aren't you playing the lead? I am, as well as directing, producing and making the sandwiches. And you don't say anything? No, I convey it all through facial expressions. Leers, mainly. And as the rest of the cast is made of attractive one with young women, the leering comes easily. I'm... I'm, I'm sorry, but that's ridiculous, as well as absurdly sexist. I dare say. God knows what people will make of the mud wrestling scene. Mud wrestling? There isn't a mud wrestling scene in Lear. There is in my version. God read all, all that blow-wind-crack nonsense. Instead, I'm the sole spectator at a mud wrestling contest. I'm having a whale of a time when I suddenly realise that the naked combatants are none other than my daughters Frankie and Una. You mean Goneril and Regan? No, no, Frankie and Una. They sing in the pop band The Saturdays. Needless to say, it throws me over the edge. It's a tolly force, a coupe de grace, even though I imagine be those who accuse me of pornography. I can see why. Really? Then may I ask you... What is pornography? Work of no artistic value which is the sole function of creating sexual arousal in the viewer. Really? My God, they'd be right. 
Yes, thank you, Sir Reginald. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Is it? I was beginning to enjoy myself. Before we go, I could ask you if you'd like to be in my new film. I don't think so. It's set in a nunnery. Of course, all the nuns are entirely naked and suddenly... Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Reginald Crimp. Nobody move. You are being robbed. Gringos. <laughs> Tickets from Doncaster, please. Stop the train. You what? I am the infamous Tina Topaz Anchovy. Stop the train and prepare to die. <laughs> Look, love, can I just see your tickets, please? Here, English pig dog is my ticket. Right. Where did you board the train? Ghoul. The train no longer stops at Ghoul. It was a station after then. Listen, we are desperados. We shall paint the train blood red with your red blood. <laughs> The station after is Doncaster. Tickets from Doncaster, please. Did you not hear we are desperados, English pig pig? I take it you actually have a ticket. Of course. Angelos, the ticket. You have the ticket? Yes, it is stuck in my pocket from the days of the revolution. You wish for me to help, Angelos? Yes, El Capitan. No longer can this be Angelos. You must retrieve that ticket yourself. Here. Unfortunately, sir, I need to see a valid ticket. This is a discount card for a hot tub factory. What's this? A family saver. Angelos is my son. Angelos, you are my son. I am? Yes, I am your son, El Capitan. This means El Capitan is my... Father, this is true. El Capitan is my father. You have to be under 16 for this ticket. Angelos is 15. I am 15. With a moustache. Look, if you can't produce a valid ticket, you're getting off at the next stop. Do you have a ticket? Understand? Ticket? Of course. Where? It It is the season ticket. <laughs> do you wish to say something, Angelos? No, El Capitan. Then why do you snort like this, like the donkey that is sniffing the balls of Sanchos El Pavlos? It is nothing, El Capitan. Yet it is something, Angelos, speak. I do not think the season ticket is valid, El Capitan. Bastardo, explain. This is the East Coast Main Line. Your ticket is only for First direct. Angelos, have you not heard of the engineering clause? On a Sunday, if either line is affected by engineering work, then either season ticket is valid on the unaffected line. I don't know. I was not aware of this eccentric technicality. This is because you are young and foolish. But enough of this chitty chat. Stop the train. Yes, on off-peak hours only. Come on, off you get. Between March and August. What? The off-peak rule of which you speak only applies between March and August. 
Angelos, die Dates. Die, die, die Fest auf September, El Capitan. Bo, 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 oh. He is dead. Yes, a massive stroke caused by the complexities of the real pricing system. Could we not just buy some bullets, El Capitan? No. Stop the train. I have found a loophole in the Arriva branch line south of Crewe. You have been listening to Head Mangle, which was recorded live in our Made Avail studio with the support of the Head Mangle production team. Thank you and good night. <laughs>